1: I suppose it's it's difficult to shake off the shadow of the disaster, um, particularly while the remains of the jetty uh, are still visible out there. And, uh, you know, it's always a reminder, um, sort of albatross hanging around your neck to a certain extent. Um, following the disaster, we've had the story of job losses, heavy job losses within the town. Uh, the economy of the town took a severe battering as a result of this. Um, coupled with this was the fact like that nationally we were in a recession period anyway.
2: I'm Intar Tomas and I'm uh, the chairman of the Bantry Action Group and curate here in Bantry. We have something like 220 men say, unemployed in the Bantry area with possibly 105 females and this would be out of roughly uh, a population of 5,000 people. There's a, a further threat or a further cloud hanging over the town in that uh, the town is threatened with the loss of uh, 60 jobs in the local telephone exchange and uh, should uh, that uh, come about the town will be a morgue altogether.
3: My name is Sheila Crow and I'm a telephonist in Bantry Telephone Exchange. At present the Auto- the manual exchange in Bantry has been scheduled to go automatic in the, mat- in the next couple of months and that means that the operators which are present working there are, mo- are being transferred or else losing their jobs. Most of them will be transferred probably to Cork or in your exchange of their choice and the rest which are night operators will lose their jobs because they are n- they're not transferable. There are also some of the day staff which will uh, have to resign because they're married and they have family commitments Uh, the the operators (laughs) and I speak on behalf of them all I think and I say very few of them or in fact none of them want to move to Cork Bantry suits them Bantry is the the town they choose to live in and they want to stay there we also feel that by keeping an exchange in Bantry itself that we will give a better service to the area and uh, we can't see the reason why we should be sent to Cork to do the job which we can do just as well in Bantry Um, this new system that they're putting in it's fantastic and we agree with it but uh, we think that there's a, there's room for us there as well and uh, centralisation from our point of view is not on, decentralisation is what we want, we wanted in Bantry Bantry, roughly three years ago Bantry was a lively town there was an atmosphere of life it was, you go out socially it was lively now there's a depressing atmosphere in the town It's it's just, it feels dead the people just haven't the incentive to keep going because there are no jobs here for the young people that are coming out of school and there are no jobs here for the people that have been made redundant when Gulf closed and they just have to leave and when you leave there's nothing left. Well, we've been campaigning for a permanent full 1O centre for West Cork, not just for Bantry and they say they'll give us a 1O exchange for Bantry area. That's a totally different thing. Um, we're still pressurising them through our local TDs and also through the Bantry Action Group of which I'm a member.
4: Uh, present were on Thayer Sean Kelly, Michael Milner, Maureen and Sheila Crow, Geraldine Collins, Timmy Coakley, and Mary O'Maney. I- it was agreed to stick to Tuesday nights for meetings except for any emergencies. A copy of uh, Sunday's newsletter are to be sent to the three lawful TDs Office of the Minister for Industry and Energy. Um, dear Father of Morocco, just to know to confirm that I am taking up with the Minister for Post and Telegraphs, Mr. Petty Coney, TD, the question of Bantry being approved as a permanent one centre. I will be in touch with you again as soon as possible. Yours sincerely, Michael O'Leary, TD. This letter
2: arrived, um, to, or it arrived to me uh, from Patrick Coney, TD, and it was um, a revamped letter. The, the former, seemingly, was to Mr. Sheam was a draft, but uh, this one has been uh, rewritten, and it uh, reads as follows: My department, uh, my department has now completed its consideration of the Bantry Action Group's request that operator service be retained in Bantry when the manual exchanges in the area are converted to automatic working. I'm pleased to tell you that it has been decided that operator assisted calls in the area for which Bantry Exchange is the control center will continue to be handled at Bantry when automatic service is introduced. Some rearrangement of the circuits between Cork and Bantry...
1: Having said this, the group wished to put on record a number of serious reservations which they still hold. And these are as follows. Number one, the Bantry Action Group campaigned for the establishment of a permanent UNO center for West Cork in Bantry. Two. With regard to this, they wish to state that it is far from clear that the proposed exchange will continue to operate in Bentry on a permanent basis.
5: Uh, I'm Tim Copley and um, I'm from the town of Bentry. I've lived here all my life. Um, I am a member of the Post Office Engineering Branch. I work in the Post Office Engineering Branch. and um, I'm aware of of, uh, the impending change over to automating working for the telephone system in this area. Uh, I'm also aware of the effect that uh, this changeover um, is going to have uh, on the people directly employed in the telephone exchange inventory and also uh, to the people of the town who are going to be at the loss of a further 60 jobs on top of uh, the already um, large number of redundancies that came in the light of Whitty and uh, its service industries. And um, I think... uh, from my point of view anyway and uh, from the point of view of the Entry action group of which i'm a member um it is totally unnecessary for the department to take these jobs uh from the town of entry um we have been in contact with them uh, on a number of occasions we've had discussions with them uh, in, in dublin uh, with the heads of the department uh, we've uh, written several letters to them and got replies and uh, have lobbied our local tds and so on on the matter and um, uh, as it stands at the moment uh things are still not looking the best uh, for the operators inventory Uh the department say that they'll keep um, that they will keep the jobs in the exchange and the interim period i think that uh, once uh, the need for the operators from the department's point of view have uh, have uh, has gone uh, that they will then uh, take the jobs out of the town and uh, work the one else into cork, into cork city now as anybody who has used the telephone in cork at any time will know cork uh, city system is already overloaded to the last and the people of ventry require these jobs uh, every bit as much if not more than having them in cork city the town at the moment is fairly bleak uh, we're now in the month of november uh, it's a typical time to see typical ventry, uh because uh, uh, the tourist season which is a very short season now gone like and uh, we are very dependent on tourism around here but in the winter months it really shows up uh, to any person visiting the town that um, The town is very quiet. It's practically a ghost town. Uh, There was a time, I remember, uh, we'll say up to 10 years ago, um, I remember as a young fellow seeing the people coming off of boats and what have you that were working uh, on Whitty Island on the construction of the Gulf Oil Terminal there. I've seen the multinational company come to the town. I've seen them spend the money in the town. And I've seen the town uh, in the times when it was like the the old gold rush towns. I've also seen um, the multinational company more or less pull out. And uh, because of the fact that uh, while the multinational company was here, the area was not developed uh, in any other way. Um, government bodies and government agencies more or less forgot about it. Uh, they said they had gold files, so they have enough. Uh, that was the attitude, I think, that they took. And uh, when they pulled out, uh, we found that the IDA, for instance, hadn't spent one shilling inventory in 10 years.
6: Gary O'Donovan and I worked in this island with the island for Gulf Isle, for 12 years until the disaster happened and then uh, after a short period of redundancy I had to go and find work in Alcon in Limerick uh, where i have been working for the last nine months and now I'm redundant again the feeling for Bantry was it was secure, it was a secure job uh, as a family man, the future was all laid out before us and then the bottom fell out of the barrel so to speak and uh, there was nothing else for it then, but to travel on as there is nothing else uh, in Bantry, and the uh, future is very grim. So I went up and had an interview in Elkan and got a job there, and I was there for nine months. And uh, eventually, um, because that firm uh, are winding up their operation, uh, I you now find myself redundant again. And um, I did try for a couple of jobs locally, but without success. So at the moment, I feel there's nothing again for it but to travel again. The effects, of course, on a, on home life in, in this is, are, is very hard because, number one, it's very hard on your wife because she's got an awful lot of extra decisions to make, especially if you have a teenage family. Uh, they need both parents there really and I mean in effect she's aggressive so to speak all the week when you're away from home um, it's the fact first of all despite earning big money you, you must realise that you have to keep two homes going in effect you've got to keep yourself going away and you've got to keep your own home going as well so you're living in kind of a double standard keeping two houses or two bases uh, operating off two bases going and when you come home, there's not really enough time to uh, get the odd jobs around the house done and to, uh, you know, grasp, you, you, you lose the touch of family life, uh, to grasp all that's happening, how kids are doing at their studies, and, and uh, various other family, the artery, their problems which arise in any house. You're too tired anyway. You've been working all the week, and you're tired, and it affects you. Come home for a rest, and you're not you're not up to you you're not up to dealing with the uh, with these uh, the everyday problems uh, which arise, in any house. And um, you, it's very that's why you throw so much over on your wife because she's operating alone and and making decisions alone without anybody to discuss them with during the week and all that type of thing. And, uh, as I say, I'd hate to have to leave altogether, but as we are here now, I cannot really see any big future for it, only to to go again. It would be only a very last resort that I'd consider pulling out a whole family, seeing that uh, they all know other, no, no other life but living here in Bantry. But if, if I had to do it, it would be a case of have to. You, you would have to do it, you would have to assess the situation, as it is now, and, uh, and if there was a hope or a chance that you could say that in six or twelve months' time uh, there was a, a no opening for Bantry, but at the moment it's like a dark tunnel with no light at the end of it. It's just a, a dying town. The unfortunate part about it, that even in, in the people themselves, and I find it in, uh, quite a lot, is there's a certain apathy. There's a certain waiting for some miracle to happen. People are disillusioned. And, of course, there is nothing worse for any man to, than to be hanging around idle all the day. It's demoralising and it's depressing and all that kind of thing. And uh, the ventry is slowly sinking. They, they feel that that there is no hope.
1: My name is Sean Kelly, Vice Chairman of the Bantry Action Group. Bantry used to be a garrison town at one stage, and uh, uh, I I think the sea has always been good to Bantry, to a certain extent, in that um, uh, there were always ships uh, which came in, with people uh, carrying people who spent money in the town, and uh, even though there was a large uh, time gap uh, between the time when Bantry folded up as a garrison town, and the the time that uh, Gulf was established here. Uh, Yet in the 60s, amazingly, it started to happen all over again, and large ships came into the bay carrying large numbers of men with a lot of money to spend. I'm
7: Billy O'Donovan, and I'm retired. I'm Jeremiah Horan, I'm also retired. It was a big supply base for um, the British Navy and the um, Army in Bear Island. As an indication of its prosperity, there were in at that time about 52 public houses in Battery. To come to later
8: years then, I remember when first I went working, um, several ships came to the, the, the pier, maybe one every week, and several men were employed, but uh, nowadays all that has gone, and I suppose in that sense, um, the town has lost an awful lot maize from Liverpool was imported and there were three coal merchants in town who got in the cargoes of
7: coal very often we're talking now about the period from um, in the in the 20s and 30s 30s up to 38 yeah. 39s well it the 20s too it it, it, it um, applied in the 20s as well see, there wasn't so much maize coming then you see there was because I mean uh were uh, one of the one of the millers were working twenty-four hour a day, which meant that um they they were supplying a big area. It was on a
8: small scale and the, a new mill had been built in uh, nineteen twenty eight and um that's mill supplied an area maybe over 30 miles away.
7: It never reached the same level of prosperity since um, the state became independent. In my young days there were big numbers of uh, small boats and um, sand boats and the like, fishing from the various uh, area from various points around the bay. And um, they were at they were part-time fishermen and they uh, they did uh, they they they, um, they were very successful in most cases but then uh, when the bigger boats came uh, outside and the deeper um uh, the numbers of fish gradually um, were, were reduced and so the um, fishing was not as profitable as it had been. Uh,
8: at the same time, uh, a coal store was built uh, where fish were stored for a time. If the, if the catch was small, the fish were stored there, and uh, then when a uh, sufficient load was to be had, it was sent straight to Dublin.
1: There's an interesting difference between Dingle and Bantry, Uh, both are seaside towns, uh, towns of comparable size, Uh, both in their separate ways make their living from the sea. Uh, The main difference which I have noticed is that in Dingle the philosophy is that you go out to the sea uh, to bring in the wealth. In Bantry I think the tendency is more to wait for the wealth to come in from the sea.
7: In the 50s, then, there were um, this, um, the tourist trade eased off, the building virtually ceased, and um, there was um, very drastic immigration in the 50s. The parents, in many cases, were not anxious to have the older children come back because they only encouraged younger members to leave. There were a few small industries started in the 60s but while they were very um, 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 beneficial they didn't really um, solve the problem of unemployment Uh, and it remained um, virtually static until uh, the Gulf
9: Isle decided to build terminal in Bantry. My name is Johnny O'Connor of the Manshop Bantry, treasurer of the Traders' Association. And the good days, as I remember, were the building of the Gulf Isle Terminal here in Bantry, uh, followed by the tanker traffic that resulted from that. Um, the town was very busy during those days um, the crews were very very good spenders and the um uh, the town and the whole showed um, an improvement uh, from that there were more jobs in town uh, the crews were uh, spent a lot of money as i said but they were generally accepted as part of the community uh, the same faces kept coming back every two months. Uh, they came in on Sunday or Monday. The shops opened up for them and gave them a very, very good service. And the crews, as such, appreciated that. We got to know them very personally. They were, uh, we used to get letters from them from um, Japan and uh, further afield. And the, um, uh, they became part of the community. Uh, went to the dances here, and um, uh, the people in the shops knew them and spoke to them when they met them in the pubs or socialising and this kind of thing. And um, I think the crews really appreciated the the um, the good neighbourliness and the um, friendliness of the Bantry people during that period. This was a tremendous boon, and. Uh, uh, we walked here in town, my partner and I, and um, <coughs> we saw this boom taking place and uh, we decided that um, uh, there was room there for us too and um, uh, we opened our own premises and um, we had about three very, very good years as a result of uh, the tanker traffic. Uh, then we had the whitty disaster and uh, from that onwards then uh, business started uh, to go down in Bantry uh, the, the very heavy uh, buying days were gone and um, we noticed a gradual change in the spending power around. Uh, it wasn't very noticeable for about 12 months afterwards. But um, the people of the town began to get very, very worried. A lot of people <coughs> were unnoticed in the particular jobs they were in and the... Um, The traders as such got worried. Uh, From that, the Traders' Association was formed. Uh, They were principally set up to um, improve business in the town, to attract business, if at all possible, from the outlying areas that might have been going into uh, nearby towns. Uh, We um, did several promotions... We did a, a bargain week. This was uh, done first and foremost to um, get the people in Bantry to spend more money in the town. Uh, secondly, to bring in people from outlying areas. There were quite a number of groups that were associated with uh, the Gulf oil terminal one way or another. Um, we had a number of custom and exercise people. Um, we had possibly around 15 to 20 and 20 at one stage. These all left the town um, because golf was their main um, uh, reason for being here Um, then you had um, other small, you had uh, carol shipping and the towing company and the Bantry Tanker Agency all these implied uh, in their own way quite a number of people and these all had to leave because there was no jobs here for them Some of them went as far away as Alcan, more went to Waterford, and more are still around here, um, unemployed.
2: Well, as a priest in Bantry, I'm accustomed to visit the houses in the town and visitation. And there, uh, I meet the people. I meet the young people, I meet the old people. I meet the fathers and the mothers. But uh, in these past few years since the tragedy occurred here at the Gulf Terminal, um, there's a type of gloom and hopelessness has settled over the place. Um, uh, it's terrible to see men who want to work uh, unable to find uh, suitable employment in their own area. As well as that, of course, I come across... Uh, families where you may have four, or five or six children, people, some of them, leaving school uh, with no prospects in store for them.
10: Um, I am Barry O'Neill, uh, Secretary of Boundary Blues, J Club. Uh, Banjo Blues, um, Revival, really started in the late 60s and early 70s. In 72, we won the Junior County and in 75, we won the Intermediate County. And this year, 1981, we reached the climax really of it by reaching the final of the Cork County Championship versus Neymar. Um In the early 70s, it was easier to get uh, players that were at home, they found employment. This year, um, facing the county final, um, four players in the middle of the season late July had to leave the bench area and find employment in Elkan and um, this created problems as coming up to the semi final of the county and also facing the county they were unavailable for training during the week and also coming up to the final itself leading into the climax of it and detention and all that they were missing out and um, the training they had to train alone down in Limerick and they were, weren't avail- available for chance games during the week or practice uh, next year now we have to start the into the season from the very first goal without the four players in Elken. Uh We had that situation this year because they hadn't gone until um, late July. Uh, we have a player in Galway, in Offaly and a couple in Dublin. So um, the thing about it, kind of, uh, we won't have them from the very first goal.
2: There were quite a number of in- redundancies as was anything up to 110 redundancies in all and quite a number of these men have had to seek employment outside their own local area, outside the Bantry area, and uh, as many as 30 have gone to uh, the Alcan site, up around Limerick, as well as um, a number of them, maybe anything up to 10, uh, have gone to Waterford to work with the, the Bell Line.
4: My name is Pat O'Donovan. My husband was employed by Bantry Bay Towing Company and was made redundant last October. He is now working with Alcan in And um, It gets very frustrating at times. I miss him terribly, the children miss him. He leaves on Monday morning at 5 a.m. and he returns home on Saturday evening around 6 o'clock. And I can tell you there's fierce excitement in the house when he puts his key in the door. The children especially love to see him. Naturally enough, I do myself. And the time is so short, like it's really only Saturday night, Sunday. So we try and do the best we can with the time we have. The children miss him terribly during the week, especially the two bigger ones who are at school. Um, They come home with their little bits and pieces and they often say, I'd love if I could tell Daddy this. And so I have to say, well, save it for the weekend until he comes home. But more often than not, I guess it's forgotten by Saturday evening when he comes home. We usually have a lot to talk about naturally enough and when, once the kids go to bed like we settle down and we talk about the, the week's experience and I tell him the little bits and pieces but I try not to tell him too much about the times like when I needed him I guess because it's frustrating enough for him to be away all the week without having to tell the tales in a sense um, well on Sunday then we, we, we really have a family day I mean, we we're always hoping that something will happen in Bentry. We have a, a beautiful bay out there and absolutely nothing happening there. There's deep water, there's, I'm sure, all conveniences. Um, everything seems to be happening in, say, the Shannon Estuary or even Cork Harbour, and we're getting absolutely nothing down in Bentry. We'd just like to know why. Well, if it continues the way it is, I suppose we'll just have to think about moving house. That's if he can get a permanent job somewhere. I mean we'll just have to go where the work is but at the moment I wouldn't move because um, well the fact that he hasn't got a permanent job
11: My name is Michael Milner, PRO of the Bench Reaction Group Well because of the national recession and because of all the redundancies in the Gulf Oil Terminal and the other jobs that were lost because of that and also because of the um, local firms had to leave certain individuals go because of loss of business as well um, there was a feeling of apathy and despair in the town And the people uh, decided that they have had enough of this and they felt it was time. They uh, had to stand up and be counted and to bring their problems out in the open uh, to the national press and to the government and to the people of Ireland. And with this in mind, um, the people came together uh, to march for jobs for the area. This was the whole population all the shops in the town and industries closed for the for the half for the half day, and the um, at the end of March, uh, to show a solidarity and to show that they were really serious about their um, quest for jobs. In the past, tourism was a very important part of the local economy. We have many hotels and guest houses and restaurants depending on tourism for a living. In the past number of years the tourists have not come to Bantry.
12: My name is uh, Lorcan Clifford. I am chairman of Fallshire Bantry. I would say most of these businesses have tried their best to keep uh, the numbers, uh, their previous numbers implied, but some of them certainly have had to let people go. And uh, these, of course, have, have added to the large numbers already unemployed in the town. Uh, the only way that uh, they can make up for the business lost in this way, is to try and get uh, more visitors into the town. Recession worldwide, and the recession of this country, has significantly affected us. 1980 was certainly a bad year, as you say. 79 wasn't a very good year. It was down, and 78 was quite good. 79 was, numbers were down. 80 was a bad year, and 81 was probably worse than 1980 but we do see a need for developing uh, the water more, possibly developing a leisure and sports complex on the water which would incorporate a marina, a yachting basin, uh, boats for hire for fishing and cruising, and a place where people can rent equipment to go fishing and so on.
2: I'm Intar Tomas from Morocco and I'm uh, the chairman of the Venture Action Group. Well, of course, the key to the development of West Cork lies in the magnificent harbour that you have here in Bantry. Uh, it's comparable with uh, Sydney Harbour and has been compared with it uh, by many authorities. But it's really in its, uh, it's still the way God created it. Man has not left his imprint in any way on this particular bay. Now, I suppose quoting an Irish phrase, or an adage would be Bantry gone but Bantry gone oid. Bantry without a boat is Bantry unnoticed, that we're translating it literally. This is a facility which is not alone a local asset, but a national asset. And those who have been responsible for not developing it eh, are, eh, I suppose, betraying the nation the the history of the idea here is non existent in the sense that uh, in the time of the um, development here or in development throughout the country for the past 10 years you did not uh, have any uh, development worthwhile in in this area however the uh, the idea have uh, certainly improved their performance in, in in the recent past say in the past year and a half or two in that they have uh, purchased uh, about 13 and a half acres for an industrial site the new um, managing director of the IDA was here recently and in, in the past few days.
9: So we want you to come and talk to us. We're here today, we're here tomorrow, but our regional offices are available to you at all times. We'll help you if you need it. We'll help you to find an idea. We'll help you then to measure what the market for it is. We'll help you to identify the skills, we'll help you to identify what skills...
13: Um, I'm probably quite managing director of the IDA. I'm here in Bantry this evening for very simple purpose, uh, namely to try and stimulate interest amongst the people of Bantry in developing uh, their own industries, and particularly their own small industries. Uh, In Bantry, uh, we've had a long history of little development, and and I've come here really to acknowledge that there has been little development, little new job creation in the Bantry area, but also to bring home to the people that uh, the answer to their problems doesn't lie entirely outside the community and that's why while we in the IDA will be working on encouraging some outside industry or foreign industry to come in, that in parallel with that, that the community itself should should develop its own entrepreneurs and its own business people. We have spent a good number of years trying to overcome one very practical problem in Bantry, namely to, to get a good site on which you can develop uh, industries both large and small we spent many years doing that we encountered many difficulties in planning permissions getting water and sewage uh, uneven land and so forth we finally made that breakthrough last year and we've i think followed through very quickly in building one large advanced factory that is going to cost us about half a million pounds four small factories that will cost about a quarter of a million and these four small factories are aimed entirely at local people. So what we're doing here this evening is saying, look, hundreds of Irish people have developed their own businesses. Don't sit back and wait for everyone to do, uh, find a solution for you. We've played our part up to this by making the investment and the facilities. We're here today explaining to the local people all the kinds of ideas that could form the basis of small industry my staff will be here tonight, they'll be here all day tomorrow uh, for that very purpose, and if necessary we'll come back in three months' time and hopefully uh, get the interest and stimulation of the people to look inwards, because there is a very bad tradition in the western parts of the country, which is to sit back, wait for the grant wait for government to
1: do something wait for ministers, politicians to do something My name is Sean Kelly, Vice Chairman of the Ventury Action Group. I, I think the important thing is perhaps that the will is now beginning to show itself to do something about this, in a, this unemployment. We, we have had high unemployment in Bantry in the past, and uh, in those days, I think, in the 50s, uh, a different attitude was taken to it. It was accepted as a fact of life, and uh, you simply saved up enough money to buy your ticket on the boat. Uh, I think the younger people who are growing up uh, in the area nowadays are of a completely different mentality. Uh, they won't accept this sort of situation lying down and uh, they are demanding the right to, some of them at any rate, are demanding the right to earn a living in their own area. Uh, the development of Bantry as a growth centre for the South West Kerry is a job that will require a combination of forces. Uh, obviously the local people have an input um, to this, but uh, also at a, a national level, I would see the government and uh, uh, government agencies such as the IDA playing a very important part.
11: My name is Michael Milner, P.R.O. of the Bantry Action Group. The ANCO Centre is a very important part uh, of our document, one of our major recommendations in actual fact, because we feel that the development of Bantry and the growth of Bantry in the future depends on the young people. And uh, we need our young people around us. As it is at the moment, as the young people leave school, they have to leave the area. What we want to do now is to make sure that when they do leave school, that they will be able to stay in the area by getting skills, so that, and the skills can only be got in an Nanko Centre, and we feel that this Nanko Centre is certainly a must for Bantry. But it's a terrible thing to see, uh, possibly,
2: foreigners coming in and enjoying the scenic beauty of the area, and to see our own people having to leave, uh, not because they want to, but because they have to. There's a tremendous need for decentralisation uh, from Dublin First value of all, you have the flat Dwellers' problem there, you can find suitable accommodation. The people are being exploited. The young people coming in from the countries uh, are being exploited in the type of hovels that some of them have to uh, put up with. Uh, it's a terrible thing that these people have left some of the most beautiful parts of Ireland. And uh, here you have a top he- heavy nation um, with the head too heavy for the, the body, um, and uh, Dublin being the head, of course, and uh, Bantry being part of that body, so that um it's um you would see uh, again you you'd you'd um, in you'd expect government to um develop a policy by which um jobs were situated in a balanced way throughout the country
4: i just have to make my own social life um i really don't. I suppose I really don't do that much, you know. While he's away, I'd prefer if he was here. And uh, we're used to going out together, so it get, it's not very exciting going out on my own unless I go out with family. Um, But sometimes, like, I mean, you get the idea that people are saying, well, gosh, she's out on her own. Like, where's her husband? This kind of an attitude. But, um, no, I'd be happier to go out with him. And we just have to, as I say, maybe go out on a Saturday night or even on a Sunday night. Say, for example, now in the winter, the social evenings, um, dinner dances, etc., are usually held on Friday night. But well, unless he makes a special effort and comes home on a Friday night, that's the only way we could get to them. I certainly wouldn't go on my own. He has a long weekend every six weeks, which means he comes home on a Friday and doesn't go back until Tuesday. So that's really something to look forward to. Um, yes, he could make a point and come home on a Friday night now and again. But um, it's a bit costly, like... Because Saturday really is um, very good, and it makes the job more 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 worthwhile for him. It is overtime, but really, if he didn't work on Saturday, it really wouldn't be worth his while being so far away from home. Well, if there was a permanent job in Elcan, yes. After the construction, I'm sure we just have to make up our mind to go. Well, it would be very hard to leave Bentry. I suppose I've lived here all my life, and so has Jerry. And um, we have our own friends and our. Parents and sisters and brothers and family in general, friends and like it would be very hard really to leave. But as I say, we we'll just have to go where the work is.
7: The present gloom of the in the area is similar to that uh, which existed in the early fift- 1950s, when uh, the outlook was very grim, and the younger people had only to look forward to.